0: sing
1: Hello and welcome to Voicebox, a weekly public radio and podcast series dedicated to exploring the realm of singing and the best of the vocal music scene. I'm your host, Chloe Veltman, and it's smashing to be here with you once again. Now, show business is in many respects a family business. Just as it's difficult to imagine a movie industry without the Fondas and the Coppolas, the theatre business without the Red Graves and reality TV without the Osbornes, so clans like the Carter Cashes, the Jackson's and the Guthrie's have made an indelible mark on the history and development of vocal music here in the Western world. On tonight's show, we're going to take a closer look at families that sing together. What makes singing become entrenched in a family's life? How does being related to someone you sing with affect your music making? And what are the pros and cons of making vocal music a family business? To answer these questions and many more, I'm lucky to have in the studio with me tonight sisters Jennifer and Laurie Hall, who both sing with the indie folk rock band Ruby Howl. Hi, Laurie and Jennifer. Thanks so much for dropping in to visit us here on Voicebox this evening. Hello. Hello. Let's kick off with uh, listening to a couple of your songs and then we'll hear about life in the Hall household and how you came to make music together. First up, we'll hear Goliath, a track from Ruby Howe's latest album, Heaven Hides There Too. In the song, Jennifer sings lead and Laurie does harmonies. And then we'll take a step back to 2007 when you were both part of another band, The Hall Flowers, and, and listen to a track entitled Rusting Leaves. In this track, Laurie is on lead vocals and Jennifer is the backing singer. Just tuned in welcome. This is VoiceBox and I'm Chloe Veltman. This evening we're exploring the theme of families who sing together and with me in the studio are Laurie and Jennifer Hall, Bay Area based siblings who've been singing together for many years in a number of bands. The name of their current group is Ruby Howell. We just listened to part of a track from the Hall sisters' current Ruby Howell album, Heaven Hides There Too. The song was entitled Goliath and then we heard Rustling Leaves from a 2007 album by the sisters' other group, The Hall Flowers. The name of the album is Hide and Seek. Laurie and Jennifer, you guys have been singing together for many years, around 25 or so, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And your partnership has been through a bunch of different incarnations, of which Ruby Howell is just the latest. First of all, could you tell us about how you came to sing together in the first place?
0: Hmm.
2: Lori. Okay, I'll take this one on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it, it started as a part of a journey that Jennifer and I took on when we were in our early 20s. And we decided that we wanted to go to Alaska. Mm -hmm. And we got in a car, Jennifer's Fiat, and we started to drive to Alaska from San Francisco. That's a long way. The trip was more about the journey than it was the destination. And and we were exploring ideas of of... The bounty of the universe, basically. And once we got to Alaska, one of the first things that happened to us when we were in Alaska was someone gave us a guitar. Mm -hmm. And that was sort of the beginning of us starting to explore music. And that's when we started writing. We wrote our very first song in Alaska together. And that was just the very beginning of our attempt to become songwriters and singers.
1: So you come from a pretty musical household. I mean your mom is a a fantastic singer and we're going to hear some of her singing in a bit. Mm. Um, Were you singing before you started singing together? Did you grow up singing at all?
2: No. (laughs) Not at all?
1: (laughs) No, not really. Um,
3: My mother was always singing around the house so Mm -hmm. that definitely was an influence for me. Um, She has a beautiful voice. It was always she was singing a lot around the house while we were growing up. So
2: you know what's interesting about that, actually, is that um, although it's true that, yeah, she was always singing when she was washing the dishes. She yeah. was always singing when she was folding the laundry. there uh-huh. was there was five of us growing up. She had five children. and so there was a lot of household work that she did. And she did have a beautiful voice. But as children, you didn't know any difference. Yeah. You know you didn't know that she had a beautiful voice.
1: And you guys just didn't sing around the house at all.
2: No, no, okay. that that's a, did you learn
1: any instruments? I
2: learned the French horn mm-hmm. and played it, you know, like in junior high school and mm-hmm. high school as a French horn player and took some piano lessons, mm-hmm. as yeah, a, I took some piano yeah.
3: lessons.
1: Okay exactly. and your and your siblings were they musically inclined as well uh, as, as much as
2: we were at that time you know like my sister Wendy our sister Wendy played the clarinet mm-hmm. and the orchestra and my my brother Gary played the stand up bass mm-hmm.
1: but none of it was exceptional on any level you know like we weren't uh-huh. becoming like You weren't prodigies. Yeah. No. <laughs> Can you tell us a bit about the different incarnations that your musical partnership has Taken over the years. Uh, well, in the beginning,
3: uh, it was very, very much punk rock. Mm-hmm. And
1: uh- yeah, you had a band called the first band you're in, right? Was called Glorious Clitorius. Glorious That's correct. Clitorious. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, what was that about?
3: Uh, that was a group. There was uh, four women in it and one man, and uh, it was very raw and like punk. Yes, and it was our first band, so we, it was very raw and thrilling and just exciting to be on stage. And
2: <laughs> We screamed. We, we did screamed not sing. I see.
1: Okay, <laughs> so you're singing, as we heard at the beginning of the show, with those two beautiful tracks. Your singing skills have obviously come <laughs> yes. a long way since yes. then. Yes. Okay, so then from Glorious Glorious there was, there was another band, right? What was next? Uh, Ovarian Trolley. Now, what was Ovarian Trolley about?
2: Ovarian Trolley um, was a three-piece, or we called it a power trio back then. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> It was, the
1: well, I guess it was the late 80s and early 90s. It was so. a, yeah, early, like
2: 1990, mm-hmm. I would imagine, is when we uh, got together mm-hmm. with a, um, a wonderful and exceptional guitar player uh, named Buck Beto. And the three of us got together and decided that we wanted to um, stay a power trio and which kind of forced Jennifer and I to uh, figure out how to play and sing at the same time, which in Glorious Clitorious we could only do one or the other. And in so. any case you're screaming. So. I mean pretty much is how I would describe <laughs> emoting. Emoting is okay. a, is another good word All for it, right. but <laughs> okay. then ovarian trolley then became our first attempt to um, start to learn how to play and sing at the same time, and that's mm. when Jennifer and I started to learn how to harmonize because ah. we could sing at the same time and play our instruments. So that became
1: what you did. Yes. Yeah. Okay, and then we get to the Hall Flowers, mm-hmm. um, which we we heard a little bit of of the Hall Flowers music earlier. Can you tell me anything more about that band? <laughs>
2: Well, this is, you know, it's always interesting how we've all all learned how to, or come together to sing in a way, but it was during a time where Jennifer and I had already been in Ovarian Trolley for many years at mm. this point, and um, uh, my boyfriend at the time was an amazing guitar player, an acoustic guitar player, and he, we had written, I had written a couple acoustic songs that never made it into Ovarian Trolley, and he really liked those songs, and so we would sit around... And he, would, he wanted to play them and have me sing. Mm-hmm. And at one point, uh, our mother um, was grieving, basically, the loss of her two parents that died relatively in a short time of each other. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jennifer and I got a lot of joy out of singing. So we asked our mother to come over to my home at the time and sit around our kitchen table and start singing with us just to, for fun, just to, you know, help her through her time of grieving and... It was an incredible moment. The the three of us singing together was the first time uh, we had heard all three of our voices together, and the room just shook. It was vibrating. It was it was the resonance was unmistakable, and. And that started what now has been 18 years of singing together.
1: And that's what The whole flowers in then. It is then. It's a band that includes the two of you and your mom. Yes. Yeah. Well, and Doug Hillsinger plays guitar. Okay. Yes. Plus Doug Hillsinger. And okay. he
3: sings with us too sometimes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I love the three-part harmonies that you create when you're singing with your mom. Let's listen now to a track where your mom sings the lead and you back her up. Here's an arrangement of the song Ruby by Mitchell Parrish and Heinz Eric Romheld. It comes from the Hallflower's 2001 album So Nice by the Fire. Mm. heard the sisters performing a song with their mother. The track was called Ruby and it was originally written by Mitchell Parrish and Heinz Eric Rumheld. Now what's stunning about that track is the blend between your voices. You actually have quite different sounding voices individually but together they work seamlessly. So I was wondering whether you'd be willing to sing us a little something each of you in turn so we can hear the difference in quality between your voices. Sure. Okay go take it away Jennifer. (laughs) (laughs) This is a
3: something that we do when we're uh, sound checking a lot so it's my standard sound
1: check (laughs) warm-up fantastic
3: roses and roses and roses i thank you for
1: saying what we couldn't say smashing hey (laughs) go for it laurie Oh, oh, oh what a
2: wonderful way to tell you I love you each day with roses of
1: love. Great. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks both very much. So achieving a good blend is probably for the most part a product of singing with one or more other people over a long period of time and getting used to really listening to each other. But how much of the blend that you achieve can you attribute to the fact that you guys are related?
2: Hmm. There isn't a lot of explanation around it, Um, Mm -hmm. just because you're a good singer. Maybe your brother isn't, you know. Mm -hmm. Sure. But in our case, and certainly when it does happen, there just seems to be an incredible resonance, and the note, whatever note you're singing. I've sung with, with lots of different people, and. When I sing with Jennifer and Mom, the notes tend to sit into themselves. Like all the voices are sitting into the note. Whereas when I would sing with someone else, they layer. Huh. And there's like a sitting on top of or an under. There seems mm-hmm. to be a fu- an edge that you can feel mm-hmm. instead of a blend that is just so... The,
1: all the space in the note gets filled up. Okay. So, Jennifer, I have a question for you. How do you go about figuring out who's going to be the lead and who's going to sing harmonies in your various tracks? I mean, is it always obvious, or do you have to duke it out, or how does it happen? Oh, well, if, if I write the lyrics,
3: and I, w- I want to sing the lead on it. Then. Okay, so it's always,
1: it's always the person who writes the lyrics, then, who gets yes. to sing the yes. lead. Okay, yes. well, that's as good a system for figuring it out as any, I suppose.
3: But some of the arrangements, like... Uh, With the Hallflowers, like, there's two people singing backups. And it's really interesting because not one of us just stays in the low range. We actually move up and down Mm -hmm. throughout the
1: song. So I think think that's interesting. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Okay. Now, in terms of being a family, does that affect, um, for example, your trust levels? You know, do you feel, is it because, I mean, do you feel a particular ease or trust in singing with each other because you've known each other all your lives? or And and is it to the same level as when you work with other? I know you both collaborate with other people outside of the stuff you do as a family. Can you talk a little bit about that trust element? Well,
2: um, I I, I feel very fortunate because Jennifer not only is my incredible sister, uh, but she's also always been my best friend. Um, And I would have to say that about our whole sibling tribe mm-hmm. that we're a part of are very close and for myself learning or being willing to sing in my early 20s was a um, a scary journey in mm-hmm. a way and I don't I think tr- the love and the trust that I feel and the vulnerability that I felt was necessary for me to start to emote and use my voice and learn how to sing required an enormous amount of trust mm-hmm. with, and I don't know if I would have done it without Jennifer oh. you know? That's the truth.
1: Yeah. yeah? Yeah. What about you, Jennifer? Do you feel the same kind of energy as yeah. Laurie does?
3: Yeah, definitely. Um <laughs>
2: Okay. Jennifer's always been a bit of a ham. Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, <laughs> she was
2: way more willing to get on stage than I was. I really. Yes. <laughs> She's a natural
1: expert. <laughs> okay, so let's talk a bit about um your partners. I gather your husband Laurie Pat is is a core member of Ruby Howe. Yes. Um it's interesting. I mean a lot of um families who sing. Mm-hmm. Um they include uh people who come into the family through mm-hmm. marriage for example. Mm-hmm. When when did Pat come on board with you guys as a musician? And how does it feel to incorporate him into the mix? How does it change things?
2: Uh, well, uh, Ruby Howe actually started off as uh, Pat and I, as a duet. Oh. And uh, which was the first time that I actually uh, sort of strayed from Jennifer. <laughs> Traitor. <laughs> didn't last long. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, but no, it was... Uh, and it, it was you know something that we wanted to do we love to travel and my husband is a instrument maker he builds all the instruments that we play in Ruby Howl. he plays banjos and four string like baritone wow. like tenor guitars like small parlor guitars and um, and we started to realize that we really needed a drummer Jennifer's an amazing drummer you must see her on drums um, and also I'm I'm very much interested in vocals, mm-hmm. and um, and although Pat and I have learned how to sing together, it was not as effortless. Uh, the ease just wasn't there. And bringing Jennifer in as a drummer brought in all the vocal dreaminess that I love to hear mm-hmm. in my own music. And and I think, and ultimately,
1: listening to the the latest Ruby hal CD, you can really hear the three of us starting to make it mm-hmm. happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you think the sound will develop over time uh, and, the, and the sense of ease and comfort with the three of you as you go on? Oh, I, I absolutely expect that, yes. So you've just returned from a European tour. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the dynamic be- between you like when you're away versus when you're here in the Bay Area? <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, it was, it was we had a fabulous time. Uh, it was great because here we have jobs that we do. Uh-huh. <laughs> we, we work during the day. Yeah. And... Um, so it was great just to, uh, to be playing music full time and traveling, which I love mm-hmm.
2: to do. We all love to travel. Yes. And uh, we just had a great time. We yeah. also got to go to our favorite places like Italy and Switzerland. And, yeah. What's um, wrong with that? <laughs>
0: very, yeah, nothing <laughs> it was, wrong with
2: that. It was one of the best touring experiences that we mm-hmm. all felt we had. Mm-hmm. and And a lot of it was due to the fact that we had one of the biggest sort of sharing community sort of like feelings on this trip, we got to hang out in like uh, the region of like Western Italy, Northern West, mm-hmm. Northwest Italy, and we played like six shows in like, and did a lot of house parties this time. It was mm-hmm. incredible. And after we got done singing our set spontaneously every night, the people from the region would pull out their instruments and start playing. and. Would go on for hours and hours and hours in Italy. Like like dinners last for four hours, and mm-hmm. these evenings lasted till three o'clock in the morning with just amazing wine and and music that was happening so spontaneously. Mm-hmm. And and I've never really experienced that on tour like that before. Uh-huh.
1: So it was- when you're in the Bay Area, do you ha- do you find yourselves in a lot of spontaneous music making uh, situations? I mean, between you, do you find do you ha- I mean do you have is it just all metered rehearsal time at this point, or do you, you know, do you just hang out and start playing and singing? That's a good question. Um, I, I guess I do that more with Pat mm-hmm. um, because You live together. We live together,
0: <laughs> sure. That's true.
2: Um, you know, I, I think that um, not not necessarily it's not metered rehearsal times, mm-hmm. but certainly the rehearsals feel like that because mm-hmm. we don't write each other's parts mm-hmm. necessarily so when we do get together to play music it feels always has a, a, an air of spontaneity to it because it's all happening right then you know um, in terms of like Jennifer will write a song and bring it in but she didn't write my part or mm-hmm. my singing part or Pat's part Or mm-hmm. so there, there's a lot of improvising around somebody's core concept of a song
1: This is Voicebox, and that was I Want You Back by The Jackson 5, one of the most famous singing clans in Western (laughs) pop music history. I'm Chloe Veltman, and with me in the studio tonight to discuss families that sing together are Laurie and Jennifer Hall, who are sisters and are the forces behind the indie folk rock band based here in the Bay Area, Ruby Howe. Now, I gather that The Jackson 5 made a huge impression on you from a young age, Laurie. Mm. Can you tell us about that, please? Well... I think
2: I was about eight years old, and um, we all, uh, Jennifer and I, grew up in Lafayette, Indiana, and the Jackson Five, of course, are from Indiana. Mm-hmm. And um, we all were down watching the TV, which we did every night for one hour. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this night was the Andy Williams show, and I remember the Jackson Five coming on, and I was really excited that the fact that they were kids you know especially michael was mm-hmm. only 10 i think mm-hmm. at the time were going to sing on television i would never seen anything like that before and i was uh, i was i was amazed by you know watching just how incredibly talented you know michael mm-hmm. was but the whole jackson mm-hmm. 5 clan and i remember being really excited and then equally just sad and defeated because I had a thought even at that early age of like, wow, I will never be able to sing like that because I wasn't born with God-given talent like the Jackson Five, you know. And and they were so young and so talented. I said, that's the only way you could ever sing like that. You'd have to be born with it. Huh. And I, it made me really sad that I was never going to be able to sing. And I just told myself, well, at least you're pretty smart. And that's how I lived the rest of my childhood in in Lafayette, Indiana, and it wasn't until I got to San Francisco that I started to, when I was 18 years old, that I started to realize that that was a, a pretty crappy lie that I had told myself all those years and that I needed to... And that I wanted to sing Mm -hmm. and that I, you know, that I should sing. And luckily, right at that moment, punk rock was happening where you didn't have to be talented. You just had to be (laughs) raw enough Mm -hmm. or emoting enough to be or, you know, ballsy enough to get on stage and express yourself. And that door opened up at the moment that I was having also this sort of Mm -hmm. spiritual awakening that, you know, everyone has a voice. Mm-hmm. really that's true and that that it can be developed if you want to and the and punk rock allowed me facilitated me getting on stage and ultimately through many, many years and years of singing and singing, developing my voice to what it is today. So we have to
1: thank the Jackson 5s in some respects. In for that. some <laughs> respects. <laughs> yeah, backhanded some compliments the to <laughs> the Jackson 5s. <laughs> so what about you, Jennifer? You've also been influenced by some great singing families. Can you tell us about those influences, please, and why these groups mean so much to you?
3: Uh, well, one of my favorites uh, is Rufus Wainwright, and he sings with his sister, Martha Wainwright. And uh, we actually just saw them a few months back at the Fox Theater, and Rufus sang this whole um, his whole latest album entirely by himself with just the piano, and then Martha came out and just blew everyone away when they started singing together. That's it's, true. Yeah, it was just, it was really special. And uh, so I love it when they sing together.
1: And they come from, a, their parents are famous mm-hmm. singers too, of course, Kate McGarrigal and uh, is it Lu- Ludon Wainwright? Loudon Loul- Wainwright. Loudon, uh, yes. <laughs> Loudon Rain- Wainwright. I'm often pronouncing names wrong. Okay, so so the the Wainwrights and then yeah. who else?
3: Um, also, I really like uh, Kim and Kelly Deal from The Breeders. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: what kind of band <laughs> are The Breeders?
3: They are they're like indie
2: alternative
3: alternative rock Kim dills uh was a founding member of the pixies, so it's kind of like the pixies sound uh-huh but and what do you like about them um well, I love Kim's songwriting mm-hmm. um she's great, very talented and uh, and then like having her sister sing with her, they're both uh uh
2: <laughs> they are rough. They get. A, they have such a great. I don't know. I, it's hard to describe. I, their voices sound real. To me, sound really similar. You know, mm-hmm. like they they have a really similar sounding voice. Mm-hmm.
1: Do they remind you of you two somehow? Is that what you like? You hear in them is some kind of similarity, perhaps, or. Um,
2: I would like to think that we were like
1: them. <laughs> I'm just trying to, yeah, I'm just wondering what... what uh, not necessarily,
2: but I
3: like I just, I like the way, I think it's more like the interaction that they have with each other, mm-hmm. that I've seen them um, perform before, and I feel like we have that There's the same kind of
1: energy then between... <laughs> yeah.
2: Okay. And they're women. And they're women. You know, it's yeah. like, I love to see women performing, yeah. and then when they're women and sisters, it's... Yeah doubly exciting you know so that's a big deal for me
1: So let's listen now to the sibling musical outfits we've just been talking about First we'll hear Hear No More by The Breeders, a group consisting of siblings Kim and Kelly Deal and then we'll hear Rufus Wainwright backed up by his sister Martha on the song In My Arms (laughs) So more by the breeders followed by in my Arms, sung by rufus and martha wainwright you're tuned into voice box with chloe veltman on kalw 91.7 fm we're thinking about families that sing together this evening my guests in the studio sisters jennifer and laurie hall of the indie folk rock band ruby Howell, are big admirers of kim and kelly deal the siblings behind here no more the first track we heard just now as well as the wainwrights who are responsible for the second track in my arms Now we're quite a ways into our discussion so it's about time I outlined the parameters of where we're going with tonight's theme. Obviously there's a strong tradition of singing families across the world in cultures and genres as diverse as Hawaiian hula which we heard about in last week's show and Chinese opera. Now if we had more time I'd love to have dug into some of these global traditions but given that we only have an hour and it's slipping away fast I decided to stick to vocal music traditions closer to home here in the Western Hemisphere. So I beg my listeners and guests indulge on that front if that's okay (laughs) and with that let's get back to our discussion so Jennifer and Laurie there are lots of families that have great singers in them but it's much more common for those singers to have separate careers and make individual names for themselves like for example Rufus and Martha Wainwright are known on their own terms Mm -hmm. not necessarily for singing together or say Woody and Arlo Guthrie Mm -hmm. um, than be part of a true family band and why do you think that's the case?
2: Hmm well there's not it's interesting because um Many people comment on the halls, which mm-hmm. is actually Jennifer, and we have three other brothers and sisters, all who now live here in the Bay Area, and one of the biggest comments that we always get is, oh, you guys are so incredibly close. Mm-hmm. I'm not close with my brother or sister at all, you know, and I think that that's true. I think there's a lot of families out there with the brothers and sisters after they've grown up diverge and mm-hmm. they go on to their own paths and maybe because they had a rough childhood together mm-hmm. maybe they didn't never got along mm-hmm. um, in our case that was quite the opposite we were very close growing up and have maintained really close and intimate relationships as adults
1: mm-hmm Okay, so so basically, what you're saying is that you know you can have a family where ev- everyone's musical, but they all go in there. Mm,
2: I think direct the person, different yeah.
1: directions because that's the way it is for from a lot of families. For so. a
2: lot of families, I don't think brothers and sisters necessarily remain friends or close as they grow up,
1: let alone. Perform music together, let alone perform music
2: together. Yes, yeah.
1: Do you think that family bands in the multi generational sense of the word, like the Carter family and Mm -hmm. the Von Trapp family singers, you know, i.e., where you have parents singing with kids Mm -hmm. as well as just siblings, were more common in previous eras than they are today? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Any idea why that might be as well?
2: I think music used to be something that people did as a way of entertaining themselves at Mm -hmm. night. I mean before television you know, which is not that old yeah. of a technology really i mean what really brought people around after you know before they went to bed was basically they entertained themselves through singing playing the piano reading
0: mm-hmm. you know yeah. so
2: I think that that's probably one reason why that that's no longer, you know, something that happens anymore. Now right. people just watch television. They don't interact with each other that's creatively.
1: True. Yeah, I guess there was a long tradition of standing around the piano, right? Standing around the, the piano. All the family members, All grandparents, the family, yeah. parents, kids, uncles, aunties, yeah. cousins, right? Yeah. So it would have been part of House, the household way. Yeah, bring out the guitar, bring out the banjo, bring out the, you know, the violin, you know. Yeah, it's yeah. really sad in a way that that yeah. tradition has been lost for many people. Well, let's hear now from two old-time singing families. First up, we'll hear the Carter family with Wildwood Flower, and then we'll listen to a medley of tunes that were performed back in the day by the Von Trapp family, which is the family uh, who were used as the basis for the Sound of Music mm-hmm.
0: Be Jew, to to land leader, and the and the and look like my will steal. Ah, if Let's move, let's let's
1: On tonight's edition of Voice Box with me, Chloe Veltman, we're looking at families who sing together. We just heard from two seminal, old-school singing clans, the Carters and the Von Trapps. The first track was the Carters with Wildwood Flower, and then we heard a mash-up of excerpts from the repertoire of the Von Trapps. The Von Trapps, of course, the family upon which the famous musical The Sound of Music was based. They were a real-life family that was back around in the day, and actually their grandchildren, who are based uh, somewhere in the Midwest, I think, uh, are still singing. So, um, Laurie and Jennifer, what, in your opinion, are the advantages of uh, being multi-generational as a family of singers, you know, singing with, you, in your case, with your mother, as, a, as opposed to perhaps just singing with the two of you as siblings?
2: Well, I, I personally really am, was very excited to be singing with our mother, be, not only because she has such an amazing voice, but i um, searching for the word here, but uh, I wanted to preserve mm-hmm. Our voices together uh-huh. through recording you okay. know? and and I think that's a gift that I feel like we're gonna have forever you yeah. know just be able to hear our mother's voice with our voices singing beautiful old jazz standards is I don't know there isn't I mean what a what a way to be able to go back and remember somebody forever you uh-huh. know long after one of us is gone
1: yeah. yeah. Do you see any challenges or downsides to, to singing with, you know, parents or uncles or aunts or ch- and children? I mean, what are the what are the difficulties of being in a, <laughs> a family ensemble, in your opinion?
2: Hmm, that's like...
1: Neither uh... <laughs> <laughs> of you wants to answer this question? <laughs> no. Um, you don't have to answer it personally. You can just sort of talk more abstractly. <laughs> well, you know, I think there's always going to be... There's
2: always dynamics, family dynamics. Sure. And, and any... <laughs> family, and, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, I think there's, in in our situation, again, I think there's so much joy and excitement about singing and being mm-hmm. able to, because I don't think any of us grew up thinking we were going to be singers, you know, this is something that just kind of developed as we were mm-hmm. all adults, you know, so there's always, a, for me anyway, a sense of gratitude around the fact that it's even happening, one, but, you know, but certainly, you know, there's, I don't... I don't. I don't know if there's any real downfalls to it in our situation. I mean, yeah, it's like
3: when we rehearse with the Hall Flowers. There, there's actually the same kitchen table as we started out like 20 years ago, whatever it is, 18 years ago. Um, and we go to Lori's house, and and it's just the four of us, Doug Hilsinger playing guitar, and the three of us singing, and it's just, it's pretty great. It, it's.
2: Um, do so I have to say my mom if we're going to say anything she loves to sing and mm. she 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 would want to sing all night long <laughs> she never wants it to end you know
1: <laughs> at some point someone's got to say okay got, mom it's, st- we're getting we tired ha- we have we to, have get to, to work. stop
2: and she loves to sing oh. and she wants to sing as much as she possibly can uh-huh. you know and and now is that a downfall mm. no but does that create a little bit of you know Edginess sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, it sounds like you
1: come from a really wonderful, loving family. But yes. there are some families, um, you know, which which maybe like where you, you hear about them and you think, wow, it's amazing that they can make this amazing harmony and mm. music together when the family is actually apparently very dysfunctional. Yes, I mean one example, for example, is, is the Jackson Five, yes. right? Where <laughs> yes. you know you hear horror stories about the father figure mm. and what he did to the kids and or so on.
3: Isn't isn't there a lot of drama with the the Juds? Aren't they yeah. always
1: life? <laughs> right, right. And the Osborne family right <laughs> no, on television right. there, although they're not really <laughs> singing together. But, you know, I mean, so I guess uh, to a degree, I suppose, what do we deduce from that? That you don't have to have a very good family life in order to perform well as a family right. as singers. Do you right. think, to what degree do you think that um, singing, making music together as a family is a way to maybe ease some of the tensions? Or do you think perhaps it exacerbates them in some situations?
2: I mean, again, I speak personally. It, it eased, mm-hmm. you know, situations. I think it brought us closer, mm-hmm. and it's definitely a situation where this family who sings together stays together. It helped brought us together. But yeah. you know, you know, I, I don't know why families who are that dysfunctional would even want to sing together. I mean, why are they doing that? Is it because they sound so good, or uh-huh. you know, I don't, you know, is if it's that if to me if if you're not having fun with your music. I why are you doing it like I guess you know, in some situations
1: it's really a business. It's a know? business. Right.
2: And in in our situation it's it's never been about the business. It's been mm-hmm. about the you know, exploration and the, in in a sense in a lot of ways it always feels like a release to me mm-hmm. and a nice one. Like mm-hmm. just where you just you feel like you've you know, just had a, an awakening of sorts. I mean, it still feels that way. So We've been singing for 20 years, and it's every single time it's like, wow, I just feel better. I feel more alive and present on the earth, and this is a good place to be again, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, you know, there are some family sing-along situations that aren't necessarily always so great, especially <laughs> if one of the family members is has far superior singing chops in comparison to their (laughs) progeny. Uh So I'd like to play two Uh examples of of singing family Uh experiments that don't really work for one reason or another. First up, we'll hear the great tenor Placido Uh Domingo singing a syrupy love duet with his son, the far less musically favoured Placido Jr. Uh And then we'll listen to a track featuring the French singer-songwriter Serge Gainsbourg and his daughter Charlotte, Uh who was still a kid when this slightly creepy song entitled Charlotte Forever came out in the mid-80s <laughs> and i'd like you to please forgive the poor quality of the first recording by the way it was made at a live concert but hopefully the background noise and the distortion won't distract from the essential point i'm trying to make here This is Voicebox and I'm Chloe Veltman. This evening we're exploring the theme of families who sing together and with me in the studio are Laurie and Jennifer Hall, Bay Area based siblings who've been singing together for many years in a number of bands and the name of their current group is Ruby Howell. We just heard a couple of tracks that illustrate somewhat of the downsides to singing with family members. The first song was a duet featuring the operatic tenor Placido Domingo and his son Placido Junior. I hope you managed to forgive the poor quality of the recording which was made at a live concert last year. As my producer said, it sounded like they were singing in a helicopter. (laughs) Um, And then we heard a track sung by the French singer-songwriter Serge Gainsbourg and his daughter Charlotte, who was still a kid when the song Charlotte Forever came out in the mid-1980s. There's clearly some kind of misplaced sexual tension in the Gansborg song and the Domingo track has the unfortunate problem of making the father, who's a far superior singer, look obviously so much better than the son. (laughs) It's quite often the case that one family member will have a much bigger vocal musical career than the others. Examples from music history include not only Serge Gansborg and Placido Domingo, but also artists like Aretha Franklin, who often sang with her sisters Irma and Carolyn, Bob Dylan who sung Jacob is also a singer-songwriter and John Lennon, the father of the pop singers Julian and, and Sean Lennon. So what to what extent do you think it's possible, Jennifer and Laurie, for a family to collaborate in music in any feasible way if there's a great imbalance in terms of ability and or success between the family members involved?
2: Hmm. Oh, I think that probably gets pretty, you
1: know, I, I think
2: what probably tends to happen a lot in... With singers in general is that there's there's a lot of ego involved, and if you happen to be like Michael Jackson and you're Jerome Jackson, I can imagine how that would be difficult to always be living in the shadow, and mm-hmm. quite a shadow, like mm-hmm. when you're talking about Aretha Franklin, and, you know, I mean, th- those are huge shadows being cast, and to always live in the shadow of a sister or brother or parent that you can never get out from under, uh, that's difficult. Uh, you know, I, I think if I were in that position, which I don't feel we are mm-hmm. in, in our particular case, we really share the limelight, so would our shadows don't get casted over each other you know in that way so but if they did i don't think we would probably sing together okay
1: so what are your opinion what are your opinion of the ingredients necessary for a successful partnership between singing family members
3: well i think there's there's so much trust uh embedded in the relationship that that's like one of the main ingredients
2: for me it's mm-hmm. just Sharing the limelight.
0: Sharing the limelight. <laughs> no,
2: hogging of <at> the microphone. <laughs> no hogging of the microphone. I mean, every time we sing with the hallflowers, we all sing equal amounts of lead songs. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone gets their turn, you know, mm-hmm. and I that's a delicate balance and mm-hmm. it is definitely felt. And even in Ruby Howe there's a little less of that going on, but still there's an equal sharing of the lead songs and, and uh, I, I actually like singing backup as well you know it's it's
3: uh, fun to be able to blend like in the half flowers there's two people singing back up um so it's really nice to get the blend going
2: and it's challenging it's a whole
3: different yeah, skill
1: I imagine yeah there's a lot a lot to be said for really creating wonderful harmonies and mm-hmm. and knowing how to fit in with the fit melody in, in that way. And and right. follow
2: the lead singer and, and not overstep and mm-hmm. you know, and, and support and maybe that's another uh, thing to talk about. It's like you know, if you're if you are truly a supportive member, that also I think keeps the family singing together. You know, mm-hmm. so you're not always the lead singer. You're also a very supportive backup mm-hmm. singer and I think in in our case we definitely do that for each other. You mm-hmm. feel as much energy being given to your song when you're singing lead from your backup singers as you feel that you're giving to the person, to another person who's singing lead.
1: so I'd like to play a few tracks that, to my mind, represent some very fruitful collaborations between singing siblings. First up, we'll hear an old-time southern gospel band, the Happy Goodman Family, singing Livin' in Canaan Now. The track was recorded in 1969. And then we'll jump to the 1970s for some vintage BGS hmm. with the Gibb brothers performing Night Fever from the movie soundtrack for Saturday Night Fever. Finally, we'll change gears entirely and hear the a cappella mastery of Stile Antico, A British vocal ensemble specialising in sacred renaissance and early Baroque repertoire. The 12-member group features three sisters, Kate Helen and Emma Ashby. We'll hear the ensemble perform Why Fumve in Fight by Thomas Tallis. On this evening's episode of Voicebox with me, Chloe Veltman, and special guests Laurie and Jennifer Hall from the folk rock band Ruby Howell, we're focusing on families who sing together. We just heard three great examples of songs featuring siblings who sing in perfect harmony. First up, we heard the Southern gospel band The Happy Goodman Family singing Living in Canaan Now from 1969. Second in the set was Night Fever from the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack sung by the three Gibb brothers that make up the Bee Gees. Mm. Finally, we listened to a British a cappella early music ensemble, Stile Antico, performing Why Fumthin Fight by Thomas Tallis. Three of Stile Antico's members are sisters, Helen, Kate and Emma Ashby. So, um, I mean, one thing that strikes me about about what we heard was this idea of ensemble in all those songs. I mean, we alluded to this earlier, that there's no single star, really, Mm -hmm. that they, uh, they all just sort of have this incredible... Blend. I mean, do you think that 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 is at the end of the day perhaps the most important thing about uh, the aesthetics of a family that sings together, or there's some other things too that are are crucial in terms of the sound?
2: Oh, I think the, probably the blend is the most noticeable difference between a family band and singers that aren't family members. You know. I think that is what you're hearing in with the BGs right there. Yeah, Yeah. I mean,
1: you know, those guys all singing in falsetto, all at the tops of their ranges, and yet it almost sounds like one One really powerful voice. It's pretty hard to achieve, I think. Right, that kind of, that kind of thing. Um, So now one of the things that the members of Stele Antico apparently constantly find themselves asked about by Mm. members of the media is the family angle. Mm. For some reason, the fact that there are three sisters in the ensemble makes the group particularly attractive to the press. So they get Mm. a lot of media about them, not just because they're amazing singers, but also because they have sisters, three sisters. So how marketable are singing families in your opinion? Have you found (laughs) it to be a big selling point for Ruby Howe that your siblings or does does no one ever ask about that? Does it not make a difference?
2: No, I think that the fact that Jennifer and I have been singing in all these different groups along the way, that's always been something that they like to talk about.
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
2: the fact that we're sisters. And with Ruby Howe, not only are we sisters, but Pat and I are husband and wife. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, that, that makes it even more of a family band. And yes, people are very interested in that.
1: Yeah, I wonder why family bands uh, seem to sort of capture the popular imagination so much. <laughs> It's, you know, when when sisters and brothers
2: stay together as adults and travel the world together and, you know, I think that's unusual. And Mm -hmm. I think that when you see families that grow up together and stay together and spend their lives together in really active ways, Mm -hmm. it's always really interesting to me, no matter if they're singing or not, you know, Uh just even if they're just traveling the world together brother or sister, I'm always
1: amazed by it. That's yeah, super unusual because life tends to pull people Bit apart. Part. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry to say that it's nearly all we have time for tonight, but I have one more question mm-hmm. for you both. Where do you see your partnership with each other heading?
0: Hmm.
2: To the stars. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> Vocally speaking. <laughs> um, you know, uh, I would be... Um,
2: very uh excited if we got to sing the rest of our lives together mm-hmm. and continue to write songs. I feel that we both are just writing better and better songs, um, as we mature, you know, and become older singers, songwriters. But uh yeah, I I would love for it to just keep on, keeping on, you know, we just mm-hmm. keep playing, keep singing and even if we ended up on a porch with our guitars and the end of our lives just singing for each other, that would be a beautiful thing.
3: Yes, I would like to continue singing with Laurie for the rest of my life. Uh, it's been a really rich experience.
1: Well, I'd like to thank my two special in-studio guests, Jennifer and Laurie Hall of the indie rock folk band Ruby Howe for being here tonight. Thanks so much to both of you. It's been fun chatting with you. My pleasure. <laughs> my pleasure. It was great to meet you. <laughs> great meeting you too. To find out more about Ruby Howe, please visit rubyhall.com. And Jennifer and Laurie have a concert coming up with their other band, The Hallflowers, on July 22nd at the right spot in San Francisco. Be sure to check them out if you're in the area. Voicebox is an independently produced non-profit project recorded at the studios of KALW in San Francisco. The series producer is Seth Samuel, the web editor is Victoria Lim and the membership and development director is John Bischoff. The process of bringing a star recitalist to town for a concert is a thrilling experience and also a complex one. On next week's show, I'll be joined in the studio by Ruth Felt, the founder and president of San Francisco Performances, a major Bay Area performing arts presenter, for an exploration of what it takes to keep audiences and divas happy. We'll look forward to being here with you next Friday from 10 to 11 p.m. I'll play us out with one of the most enduring anthems to tight-knit clans. Here's Sister Sledge with We Are Family. Have a songful week.